This is your other brother's podcast. Friends to your other brother's podcast, navigating faith, homosexuality, and masculinity together. I'm your host Tom, and here with me is my brother Ryan. Hey everyone, this is Ryan. <laughs> Two episodes in a row, you've done that. Thank you. We now know Ryan is here, everybody, and joining us after a too long hiatus, a too long break. He's surviving over there in the Midwest. It's our good friend Dean. What's up, Dean? Hey guys, how y'all doing? Dean, long time no talk. I haven't talked to you in seven months. How has it been? <laughs> wow, seven months? I, it's, yeah, it's been... that was your last podcast episode at our retreat, correct? You and I have not seen each other or talked mm-hmm. since then, correct? Last time we talked, we were all in the closet. Right, we were all in the closet, that hot steaming closet together. Remember those days? Isn't it nice to be out? It is very nice to be out of that closet. It was a little, little cramped in there, and yes, I. It's really been seven months. It's been a while. Maybe not seven months. When was that? That was August. Uh, I mean, six months. Yeah. That's still a long time. Half Man. a year. Half a year ago, we were all together. But it's good to see you again, albeit di- digitally. Yeah, Dean. good to see you too. Did I do something wrong? Is that why it was six months? Like. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. We'll we'll have a sidebar after the podcast. Sure. Disciplinary action. Performance review. <laughs> Performance review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in a second. In the meantime, Dean, I'm glad you're back. Um, Happy New Year, fellas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Auld Lang Syne. How does that That's go? That's Latin for Happy New Year. Did you know that? Oh, is that what that means? Oh, okay. my gosh. I was just saying the song wondered. title because I was like, I'll be funny and say a random song title. That actually is what that means? No, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dang if it, anything, Ryan. If anything is old English, any Latin experts out there can assist. That would be great. I don't even know the words. What are the words to that song? Something we've forgot. May all acquaintance <laughs> be forgot. There you go. Wait, we're keep forgetting. All. May, don't that let was me stop that you. was keep your eye on that grand old flag. That was the tune I just sung, but with <laughs> Auld Lang Syne. That's words. fine. We'll mix tunes and melodies and words. So we're forgetting all of our acquaintances. Let all acquaintance be forgot, like we're forgetting everyone we knew, and then something about oh, all that sounds lines. refreshing. I think it's like an old sense of the words. It's not like it's a happy song, right? That's all I know. Our question for the listeners today is: What is "Auld Lang Syne" and what does yeah. it mean? Please, Please tell us what that song means. I've always wondered what the title means, what the words are. I feel like I know the tune very well, but I have no idea mm. what any of it is i'm gonna look it up on wikipedia real quick and change my brother beat to that <laughs> there we go we'll get to the brother beat in a second but happy new year to you guys we're talking this is a very festive episode today because we're talking about resolutions we're talking about new years and new use we're talking about self-care essentially this episode is about self-care and how each of us we're three very different people and so i'm very curious to see how each of us practices self-care or doesn't maybe someone here doesn't do that and maybe this will be an intervention. Mm. Dean. Mm. We're both we'll looking see. at the Enneagram too. <laughs> We're looking hey. at the two who hey. loves taking care of everyone else, but does he do a good job taking care of himself? That 
is the question. I plead the fifth. <laughs> Dean pleads the fifth. But uh, we hope everyone out there that you have had a happy new year as well and good times with family and friends and loved ones. We're back for another year of the Yobcast. I'm excited to dive into this episode with you guys. Let's dive right into this whole concept before we like, this isn't the actual topic. We're still, you know, riffing here, y'all, at the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, but this whole topic of resolutions, where do y'all land on resolutions? Is that something you do or is it something you used to do or... Like, what do you feel about resolutions? I, f- I feel like New Year's resolutions are a little, like, passe now. Like, if you ask mm. someone, oh, did you make any New Year's resolutions? They're going to be like, oh, like, those don't work. Or you never, like, you know. You never follow through. You never follow through. You do, like, like one or two Studies show that if you go and tell everyone that you're going to make this change in your life, you're not actually going to do it, you mm. know. But I, I'm, I, I made less of a resolution and more introducing a new change in my life. Ooh, which do you want to share that now or yeah. are you going to save that? Um, I can share it now. Okay. No, I'm going to save it. <laughs> Ooh, tantalizing. My mind. Dean, what about you? Resolutions much? I mean, I'm pretty resolute in my uh, understanding and approach to resolutions. <laughs> um, I usually like to have the highest quality. So like, what is it? 720 DPI or something like that. Or, you know, I'd like, oh, Wait. Oh my gosh. We're talking about <laughs> dad. dad resolution. Oh my gosh. Um, we are moving on. <laughs> I, what if I had a real answer? Okay, I, give us a real answer. I, I don't have one. But what if I had one? What you if you did? Exactly. We would never know because we're moving on. We're done with this. Yeah, resolutions, that's fun. So I'm the like trendy millennial who doesn't do resolutions. I do my one word theme because I have a one word for the year. Actually, I haven't done one word. Uh, Dean, do you remember when on my original blog, since you were my original blog fanboy, um, do you remember like the one word theme blogs that I used to write all the time, which I've just recently restarted this year? Yeah, I remember those. I actually, you inspired me to do one word for like two or three years in a row because you were doing it so yeah for those that don't know it's like it was started out as like a blog thing a lot of christian bloggers were doing it and i guess non-christians too i saw a lot of christian bloggers doing it but essentially it's like instead of making a long list of resolutions you're basically going to live out your year through a one word theme and essentially you're like making room for i guess i don't know it can go both ways because on the one hand it's not as specific but on the other hand it kind of gives you freedom to like figure out what that word means in all the different areas of your life throughout the course of a year in all the areas of your life. And so, so instead of, and actually I haven't done it in a few years, but for some reason, I don't know why I just felt inspired this year to do a one word. And so my one word for this year is cleanse. I feel like I am resetting the clock, resetting my system in a lot of different ways. Um, which I might post a link to my blog. If anyone out there is interested in reading what some of those ways I've been thinking about are, but cleanse, that is my one word for 2019. May it be a cleansing year. I'm literally doing a body cleanse soon, so a lot of mm. <laughs> Keep inner, inner scrubbing and cleaning coming, <laughs> coming up soon. You yeah. want all the details. All the details, yeah. Stay tuned for next month's podcast where I will give you guys the update on my body cleanse. So this one word concept. Yes. Like, do you feel like it works? Like, can you look back yeah. on previous years and say, man, I really see the effect that this had. And yeah, yeah. This, like, Off the top of my head, I can't remember what some, I remember courageous was one word that I used. Um, something with hope might've been one year. I think hope might've been a theme one year. Um, Wait, you did hope too? Cause I did hope one year. 
Whoa, uh, no way. No, uh, yeah, no, like for real though, like I did hope one year. I didn't think you did hope. I don't know. I'd have to check the records. I honestly can't remember. Courageous is the only one because I remember actually writing that word on my hand and taking a picture of it. So I remember that one vividly. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it works. I mean, that's kind of the the downside, the upside and the downside of it is that you, you can make it mean whatever you want and like ascribe su- success to it however you want. And so mm. um, out of the blog post that I wrote for Cleanse, I have like, it, it wound up being kind of reson- resolution-y more than I can remember my other blogs being in the past and in, in years past. So so we'll see. I don't know. I have sort of this combo one word resolution-y start to this year. And ultimately, I just want to be healthier and stronger. And that ties into health, uh, self-care, which is what we're talking about today. So hopefully I'm successful this year. I find it interesting that one word is two words. Well, it's not when you make it a hashtag. Dean. You could call it a monogram. <laughs> That's one that's one word for one Ooh, word. There you go. There you go. Oh my gosh, that's so hipster. I love it. I'm doing that now. <laughs> so Dean, we've started this new tradition in your absence since since we left the closet all those many months ago. We've started this new tradition called the Brother Beat, where each of us brings a discussion topic, brings a story, brings an experience, brings a question. You can bring whatever you want. The point is we will all beat it together as you share. So I'm excited for you to share your beat. <laughs> so Dean, will you please beat for us now? <laughs> Just go ahead and beat it out right now. Beat it out right now. What do you got, Dean? <laughs> kick us, kick this off. Kick oh, off 2019 gosh. with your beat. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was a great introduction, Tom. That was that was wonderful. Um, okay, yeah. So. Uh, my, my beat for this, uh, my one thing, I, I'm going to be so bad at this. I kind of wanted to go second, so I knew what exactly I was doing. But anyway, I will say this. Okay, so I have a little story. Um, so uh, tonight um, I was with a uh, basically a, a support group, uh, a 12-step support group. Um, I am going to be joining up with them to actually lead the teen, uh, the teen group that's going to be a part of it. And so tonight I was over there, I was getting introduced and everything like that, and um, it, it, it is, this group is, it's helping people who are working through addictions, working through abuse, working through, uh, a lot of troubles in their past and everything. Uh, and so I'll give the chance to work with teens doing, uh, who are doing the same thing, but part of their time together is worship actually. Uh, and I thought it was a little odd at first that we would be coming together for worship in this and, uh, just, you know, it's a support group, you know, why would we get together for worship? Uh, but then they started, and the first song they sang is a song that I think came out last year. It's a Who You Say I Am. It's it's a fantastic song, and just as everyone started singing it, and I was listening to, I mean, this is a large group. It's about, the, the large group time has probably about 70 people in it. And I'm listening to 70 people who have struggled with addictions, who have struggled with abuse, who have struggled with people... Uh, misusing them and themselves ha- you know, having struggled with mistreating their own bodies. And I'm hearing them declare, you know, I'm a child of God. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. And the, that song itself just took on so much more meaning than it had before. And I, I, as I stood there singing along with them, I, I realized, you know, it, this song is probably being sung in churches across the nation every weekend at this point. How many of those churches are actually understanding the message of that song like these people are? The people who 
have had addictions, who've had other people, the way that they've treated, the way all these things telling them who they are and what they are and how they should be treated and how their what their value is because of those things. And I'm getting to see people taking steps. Some of them, it might be their first night there. It might be their second week there. Some of them it might be their third year there of saying, this is the brokenness that's been in my life, but that's not who I am. I'm a child of God. I am chosen by him, and that is who I am. I am who God says I am. And so that just, it radicalized the song for me, and I, I don't think I'll ever be able to hear it sung by you know another group of people with the same kind of power. Because like I said, I, I wonder how much we just forget what it's like to realize for the first time that you're, you're not defined by abuse or addiction. You're defined by God. You're defined by what he has done for you. So I am now trying to figure out how to, how I can ever sing that song again and not sit there and be like, it sounded better when there was a bunch of drug addicts around me. (laughs) Yeah, that is awesome. It's awesome to, yeah, the corporate element of worship is something that's been a game changer the last several years. Cause I've gotten to like worship alongside you guys in various capacities Mm -hmm. and functions. And, and like we had a retreat last year. I remember times of, of singing with, people at a retreat or at a conference last year and it totally changes like the orientation and the depths of the song when you know collectively kind of what everybody not specifically necessarily with everybody in a room that size but in general you kind of know the the depths of where people are coming from and the general trajectory of what brought them to this place and so there's like it changes everything about a song and like I have songs that are now like emblazoned on my heart because they're connected to these like corporate expressions of worship that it's great you know you can still listen in in your car and worship alone and that's great too but but yeah it totally changes everything when you can sing alongside people who are coming from similar places if not the exact same places of uh of depths that you've been and that's that's really special when you can experience that firsthand Mm -hmm. definitely so that's my brother beat we need a sound effect right there that was my attempt at beatboxing. I don't think it got picked up, but it also was. <laughs> Someday we will be able to afford a, um, it is my dream one day for this podcast to have jingles and segments and, you know, just to have like a, a little finesse, a little touch. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little touch to the beat. What if you just sang the little jingles or things like that, Tom? Just introduce each section, just like with a little. I mean, you're you're the vocal person, right? Could you sing us? Could you sing us a, a brother beat jingle? <laughs> it's the least, brother beat. Yeah, there we go. At that, least for the Yabalog. I, I don't know if that that'll make it on the show. <laughs> hey. That sounded great. That works. I might save that file, though, for my own use. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Thank you for sharing that very meaningful, yeah, moving thanks. beat. Yeah. The thing about the brother beat is that it can be very serious and very moving and inspirational, or it can be absolutely ridiculous, like mine's about to be. But mm. first, I need to give Ryan some airtime. And I, I addressed Ryan on the last <laughs> Yabalog. But Ryan, I need to apologize to you because for the last two episodes, I've relegated your beat to the Yabalog. Not that that's a punishment or a mark of not being good enough, but sometimes it just fits better sometimes it's yeah. just not good enough sometimes you know, it's just not good fine, enough right? but i made a promise i made a promise on the last yabalog for everyone who subscribes to the yabalog by supporting us on patreon i made a i took a stand and said i will not relegate ryan's beat to the yabalog on the next episode so ryan you are guaranteed success you cannot fail okay this is going to be great you're gonna share something and we're gonna riff with you 
or celebrate with you. It's going to be great. So I've been given the master ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us what, what, what do you got? What do you want to talk about? Um, so, uh, at the end of last year, I got a new boss at work and he must think we're kind of dreary and sad because sometimes at the end of meetings, uh, he'll close with, so does anyone have a joke? And we all sit there kind of awkwardly looking at each other, wondering. I'm picturing like oh. Michael Scott and the office and <laughs> that kind of a setup with cameras zooming in on people's faces. That's what I'm picturing. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. It's kind of like that. And we're all kind of wondering, well, does anyone have a joke? <laughs> um, and so this has happened twice now. And both times I've kind of volunteered. Well, I don't have a good joke, but I have a joke. Oh my gosh. Um, and so I've kind of told told a few jokes on the spot and it occurred to me like this is actually a pretty good skill to have to be able to just mm. have a have a few jokes you know ready to go um and so i thought uh it would be fun to put you guys on the spot so i'm gonna uh oh i need a joke from each of you oh my gosh i hate this question because i already i know i know like 30 jokes and i can never remember one on the spot like Wait, how does that go? There's yeah, a see, gorilla and then there uh-huh. was a table. Like, how does that go? And so if you give me like time to think, I might be able to piece one together. Do you have one off the top of your head, Dean? I have a pretty good knock knock joke, but I need Tom to start it. Okay. Okay. Knock knock. Who's there? <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't know. I don't know who's there. Wow. <laughs> Dean just turned it around and gave you two jokes to tell. <laughs> wow. I think I've heard that before, but I was still surprised the whole time. And even as it was happening, I was like, what is he about to say? Oh, wait. The joke is that I'm supposed to say something hilarious. That's one of my favorite knock knock jokes because I love getting people just to stand there. That's and good. when I say who's there, <laughs> I don't very know. Existential. Who is there? I don't know who is there. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing like sending somebody into an existential crisis. Uh huh. I'm like plummeting right now. <laughs> Thank you, Dean, for that. You're welcome. So Ryan, wait, as I'm thinking about my joke, because it's on the tip of my tongue, I'm thinking about it. Do you have a joke that you're about to share too, or is it just like putting us on the spot for jokes? Um, I'll tell a, I'll tell a joke okay. that I haven't used yet in my meetings. Okay, okay. cool. Right. Um, I, I did find this on Twitter, though. It does not originate from me. Mm. I, I mean, none of these jokes originate. Who comes me, up so. with their own jokes? That's true. That's Unless you're Jerry true. Seinfeld. I'm not a professional yeah. comedian. Come on, guys. Right. Okay. Uh, why did the crab go to prison? Why did the crab go to prison? Do you ever try, Dean, do you try to like figure out jokes or do you just let them happen? Like, all right, how did, how did the crab get to prison? It depends. There are some, there are times when I try to figure it out. If I know the answer for sure, sometimes I like to steal a person's joy mm-hmm. and tell them the answer. <laughs> uh, that's always that's, great to rob that's someone That's my eight of that. coming out. That's when I regress into being an eight and I'm like, I know how to ruin your life. <laughs> Enneagram speak for those that follow. Um, wait, so repeat the joke again. Why, why did the crab go to prison? Why did the crab go to prison? So what's going through my head? Cla- crabs have claws. They have, they have pinchers. They boil. Um, they're shellfish. Shellfish. They walk sideways. Um, they're tasty. I don't know. Those are things I'm thinking about. Am I hitting any of the like punchlines or is it, does it hit on any of those topics? Any of those issues? Just ask me why the crab went to prison. <laughs> All right. Why did it's the... also an STD? Just for the record. It's oh, also an STD. that's good. Why? Why did the crab go to prison? Right? Crimes. 
this moment linger for a little bit. Let's not. <laughs> Let's. Tom, what's your joke? <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so great. Um, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. Hold on. Is I feel like I need complete silence. True story. I had to step out of the room and Google and find this joke <laughs> that I heard on a podcast recently and I had to figure it out because I could not remember. I remembered the punchline, but I couldn't remember the setup and I was trying to remember how the setup. And so you guys have to forgive me because I, I feel like I can't That's deliver a joke. <laughs> so for all those listening right now via the Yabalog, I hope you enjoyed the incredible extra content we got. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to listen back. When I stepped out of the room, that's the first time I've ever been out of a room while a podcast was recording. So that's and that, <laughs> Once you listen, that'll be the last time. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. So you guys, you guys know that this is like the most stressed humanity has ever been, right? Mm-hmm. Like off the charts anxiety. Yeah. Right, Dean? Yeah. Right. Definitely. I mean, is a stressed it is a stressed, anxious culture. In fact, did you know that one-fifth of all people are two-tenths? <laughs> if I could reach through the screen right now, I would punch you. Tom. See, it's funny because it's math. <laughs> Tom, this was 15 minutes we spent waiting for the joke. And this is what you delivered to us? 15 minutes for two tips. And, might I add, the heartiest laughter of all three jokes. Uh, it was the build-up. It was the build-up. I See, I had to get the um, the stage. I actually knew it all along, and I had to set it up oh that way. Gosh. But, yeah. Such a showboat. It was good. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> You're so welcome. Wow. I'm glad we had a time to share jokes and to mm. rejoice in corporate worship. What a great mm. combination of, of Brother Beats. Um, I will say... I'm just going to flat out say it. My brother beat that I'm bringing is absolutely going straight to the monologue, to not, not the monologue, to the, to the Yabalog. Um, because I wouldn't say it's PG 13, maybe it's PG 15, maybe it's PG 11 or something, but I'm going to just go ahead and put it on the Yabalog and y'all can enjoy that when you listen to that episode. All right, y'all. So people are continuing to leave us amazing reviews. we got these over the holidays, two new iTunes reviews. And always super grateful anytime someone takes the time to rate and review us, our show, on iTunes. So we got this one from All of Grace 25. All of Grace 25. Olive or all of? All of. Okay. Grace. Although All of Grace, that's a great... It could be someone's name. That's a cute name. <laughs> that is a cute name. Um, all of Grace 25 says, amazing. I've only recently discovered this podcast while on a long journey struggling with same-sex attractions. While each person's story may be different... I'm amazed with each episode at how well the contributors seem to know me. One week I may resonate with one guest and another with someone else, but my voice always seems to be at the table. Thanks, my other brothers, for helping me realize I'm not a second-class Christian. I'm not a freak. Thanks, Olive Grace. You're not alone. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Thank you for commenting and writing a review. Yeah, and then our first review of 2019, really exciting, from Zay from the USA. Zay from the USA says exactly what I have needed. And he says, this podcast is purely real. I love the topics that are discussed and the discussions themselves too. As a 16 year old, it fills me with hope knowing that there are people out there who relate to me. Also having such a large community, it's awesome hearing so many perspectives. Keep it up. So that's awesome. I love when the youths 
yeah respond and connect and are blessed by what we do that's like, so encouraging my heart just leapt into the air when i heard that that this person was 16 years old and i was so excited similarly yeah 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 i'm excited yeah i think it's awesome because I mean, I think about myself at 16, and I would have loved to have had something. Could you imagine like listening to us at 16? I can't oh even gosh. imagine that. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I would be so <laughs> excited, but also scared. Excited and scared, all the feels, all the emotions. Mm-hmm. More good ones than bad ones, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, but a lot of just new ones, for sure. So that's super encouraging. I love that we can hear from 16-year-olds and 66-year-olds, people everywhere in between. Um, it's always great to hear from folks. If you guys love what we do and want to support us in any way, like that's an amazing way that you can do it. We're up to 90 plus reviews now over on iTunes. We're hitting triple digits soon. This like long anticipated Mm. moment is soon coming. This hundredth rating review. Like I see it, I feel it. It's going to happen this year at some point, hopefully sooner Mm. than later. But if y'all love what we do, give us five stars. That's the best number, but yeah, give us some, give us some stars, give us some words and we'll read it on the air. For our sponsorship today, it was really great because, y'all, over the holidays, someone was very nice to me and gifted me the brand new Queer Eye book. Dean, are you aware of this book, this existence? I am, actually. I bought it for one of my um, one of my other friends. It I is didn't, I fantastic. I didn't need to send it to you. Sorry. Yeah, it wasn't you. It was someone else who cares about me. Someone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is someone Queer else. Eye sponsoring us? No, Queer Eye is not oh. sponsoring us. But... While I'm reading, because this book is fantastic. I mean, it gives a lot of like cool tips and suggestions for, um, you know, for self-care, for clothing, for all the areas of that are mentioned in the book, food, good diet and good clothing tips and and face stuff and hair stuff, etc. Um, it also talks about their stories, the five guys on the show, how they met each other and casting and how their stories, their upbringings growing up gay in various parts of the country so so it's really it's a really good book i actually have really been enjoying it i'm about halfway through reading it right now um but i thought it was very fitting as we're talking about self-care and as i got this book that talks about self-care a lot throughout all the pages i feel like it was only appropriate that on this episode facial moisturizer Mm. is supporting Mm. this episode of self-care um with a twist because facial moisturizer is great and then also a nice honey oat mask Dean, do you ever put on a nice little honey oat mask <laughs> to exfoliate no. and and moisturize and just rejuvenate those pores? Do you, Tom? No, but I I'm going to now that they're sponsoring yeah. this episode. I'm gonna do a honey oat. I tell you what, mask. facial moisturizer sponsors like every day for me in the winter. It's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I use this coconut body butter. It's incredible. Don't get too specific no, with no, no, our no, not, sponsors, not but yes, till, not facial moisturizer. Large corporation sponsors. <laughs> facial moisturizer. Thank you for supporting our episode today on self-care. It should also be noted that as we are recording this episode, I put it out on Twitter. What, are you, what do you all want to hear us talk about? Or what are your, some of your suggestions on self-care? Um, so far, it's very, it's like, um, uh, what are those things? Tumbleweeds blowing yeah, in the crickets. internet void. Yeah, with crickets and and a lot of, a lot of just vapid emptiness right now but hopefully it could at any moment we could get breaking news breaking tweets of people who want to comment on this episode if you're listening and you have a time machine <laughs> go you back. can go back in time and right. comment. i realize as i'm explaining that you can't do that now if you are listening to this it's already done we've already recorded it but but maybe we'll do it again in the future so yeah keep maybe your eye on our there could social be a media live space I'm, i dream of a live podcast someday mm. i think that would be amazing how would that work exactly 
You just record it live and broadcast it. TV. <laughs> and you record the whole time. And maybe you edit some of it later. But I mean, it could be, yeah, it's doable. People do it. There's shows out there. That's tr- I mean, I, I do know there's there's things that are live, but I, I'm just wondering how a podcast functions as live. Dean, where there's a will, there's a way. I'm, I'm sure there is. Also, if you do one live and you can't edit it as it goes along, can I definitely be on that podcast <laughs> yes you got dibs on the live no turning back podcast correct that sounds great sweet um dean unleashed dean unleashed dean unedited <laughs> no turning back um yeah so we're talking about self-care today it's kind of fitting i think for a new year all this talk about resolutions and new years and new use and how to like make yourself a better person we're going to talk a lot about all kinds of different aspects of self-care today. Um, Something that we used to do back in the day, um, we have a Yabbers group on Facebook, and thanks to our Yabbers for answering these questions and providing some feedback on this episode. We're going to be addressing a lot of those today. Um, But in our Yabbers group primarily, we've done this thing called sperm counts, and we haven't mentioned sperm counts, and I don't even know how long. Ryan, have we even talked about sperm counts with you? Do you even know (laughs) what that is? I'm familiar with this. You're familiar with this. Okay. Dean, you know, right? Oh, I know all about sperm counts. You know all about sperm counts, yes. So sperm counts... Are you about to count my sperm? <laughs> we're about to count everyone's sperm in this room soon. Um, I have a child, so we know that <laughs> mine is in pretty good shape. So Dean, yeah, yeah. Just... Your sperm is great. But yeah, Dean, why don't you tell the people what, what the sperm count is for those that are joining us <laughs> So late. you've had at least one. <laughs> sperm, one sperm. <laughs> I've had at least one sperm. Um, sperm counts is the way that we used to check in with each other. And it started before the Yabbers group. Uh, before the Yabbers group is something that we would do. Uh, and, oh, I'm going to mess up. But it's you would talk about, you would rate 1 through 10. Sorry, 1 through 5. 1 through 5. How you doing mm-hmm. uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, mentally. Mentally, there you go. Yeah. There we go. And you would talk about, you know, one through five, how you were doing, one being very poor, five being the absolute best. And you would kind of elaborate, uh, like, what you meant by that and why maybe one day, well, why you would be a five in one area or why another area was a one or even a three, like you're kind of holding holding at bay in a certain area. And we used to do them weekly, actually, in our bloggers group, um, where it would be the weekly sperm count. And we would all just kind of, share that you know with each other and just it was kind of a way just to check in see how each other's doing and if someone was having a low week or something like that uh making sure that we took a chance to check in with them talk with them and maybe spend a little bit more time just encouraging them very well said very well said dean yeah we used to do it all the time as a group we've kind of just forgotten about it i was actually in preparing for this episode i was like oh my gosh sperm counts because i was thinking about all the different areas of of, of health, of personal health. And all of a sudden I remembered all of these five different areas and I'm sure you could come up with more in other categories. It was fine. It was fun because I came up with, we came up with sperm count when I was working with youth and we didn't talk about sperm with the youth, but we talked about something called MEPS counts and that's where it was mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health. And 
we threw in an R because I guess we're just such an intensely relational community. Mm, it just like you, you all of a sudden that. made yeah. sense to have. Yeah. And then initially I was going to, we were going to call it MERPS because it was like, Merps. you have MEPS and MERPS, but then you rearrange the letters and it just so happens to spell sperm. And I just thought it was so hilarious and fitting that, that <laughs> it was like faded that way. Eons ago <laughs> at the birth of time, we would be able to talk about our health as men and talk about it in an acronym for sperm. So because we're men and we have sperm. Yes, exactly. Oh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Well, I'm impressed that like you guys were actually the ones to like come up with that. Like, you oh, yeah. just get it from somewhere. Oh yeah. No, 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 That's no. Awesome. This is job trademark right uh-huh. here. Job trademark. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, let's start this discussion. When you think of self care, when you think of personal health, like which of those five categories, or maybe it's something else, maybe it's something else entirely, but, but like what comes to mind when you think about your own self care, that concept, like what is like the first thing you think about or simultaneously maybe the first thing that you think, Ooh, yeah, I need to like work on this. Mm. I'm kind of, I feel convicted already as I, as I think about that. Uh, For me, the first word that comes to mind and and anytime, anytime with self-care, the first word that comes to mind is just rest. And I think that's because I look around and see that people are constantly doing things. We live in a very busy world and I remember you know, growing up and even in, when I was in school, I was always active, always doing something, always working on the next project. And I had to learn uh, through just com- uh, some health complications that I had to have rest. I had to have not only enough rest at night, but then I actually needed to take a day off a week. And so I learned, I basically was forced uh, into taking a day of rest each week. Uh, where I didn't do any work, uh, I didn't, you know, put in like all this effort, and I had to find other things to do with that day of rest, and that involved things that helped me relax or things that uh, I enjoyed doing that were just for fun that didn't require a lot of extraneous effort or extraneous thinking, but just something that I could do that would kind of, in a way, give me energy back. So I give me energy and strength back so I could, you know, keep working the other six days of the week. Which it should be noted for those that aren't already aware and for what we haven't have or haven't touched on. You are an Enneagram too, and you are a Martha, right? And you like do things for everybody else. So like rest for you, I think takes on more meaning than maybe rest for a lot of other people. Yeah. My, I mean, my whole existence is a lot of times defined by helping other people. And it's, it's not even just like my Enneagram, like all the personality stuff. My Myers-Briggs is an ENFJ, which is all like, how can I help other people? How can I get them to really get their, really get going in life? And then even my strengths finder, uh, three of my strengths are like the three middle strengths are empathy, uh, developer and woo which was all focused on other people. So like every aspect of my personality is about everyone else around me and about their lives being improved by some work of my own. And so, yeah, the idea that I would spend 24 hours focused on myself is what, when the the first time I tried to do it, I don't know if I actually did it well or did (laughs) it at all. Uh, And I've had to really work as odd as it sounds, I've had to, you know, make sure that I guard that day of rest and make sure that it doesn't turn into work somehow because I could easily just turn it into, you know, okay, well, this person needs this, this person needs this, and I actually have to make sure that if I'm going to care for other people, I do have to take a day to care for myself and make sure I'm in the best shape possible 
spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, mentally, so I can actually be effective in serving others. Yeah, that's interesting because I feel like as as an Enneagram 9, um, like I have to remind myself constantly that uh, stopping isn't the same thing as rest. And like mm. I have to, um, my temptation is just to like, not doing anything and call it rest, but that's not really how I feel rested at the end of the weekend. Like that's not what makes me feel prepared to go into the next week. For example, you know, like I find that my best rest days actually involve a good amount of activity, doing laundry, cleaning the house, doing some meal prep, getting some exercise. And then I feel like I've cared for myself and I've like kept my life going and I'm able to face the next week kind of, Um, And so, like, Tom, to answer your question, I think um, the first word that comes to mind for when, you know, when you bring up the topic of self-care is discipline, where um, I have to have discipline in order to, um, in order to do these things, in order to take care of myself, in order to exercise and eat well and do all this stuff. Um, And that's kind of the thing that I kind of keep coming back to is with, is what I have to struggle with. Mm. Yeah, for me, I it's interesting that we have so much diversity in the room with a two and a nine and a four and all these different strengths and all these different uh, proclivities and struggles and weaknesses. Because for me, it's only actually been in like the last five or six months, like definitely in the last year that I've taken actual physical rest to heart. Because for me, I don't want to keep working to like help people. No offense. I'm not as noble as as Dean is. Um I want to keep working because it, I guess it's me it's as a four, maybe leaning into a three wing a little bit of wanting to be successful and wanting to accomplish and wanting to be noteworthy. And particularly, honestly, in the, in the realm of writing, like I feel like if I take a break or if I don't put out another blog or work on another book, you know, that I'm falling behind and I'm not like being as impactful as I could be. I have this desire that I, I naturally want to succeed. And I've had to realize, yeah, in the last year, that taking one day, one measly day out of every week to actually rest and not in particular for me to not write and to not work on a blog or work on a podcast or, or check my email or even be on social media. Cause that tends to feel like work sometimes for me. Like it's been really great in the last several months to just start to initiate some regular Sabbath rhythms and to have a day where I'm actually resting and that's and week to week it looks different like there have been times where I've just hunkered down and just gone on Netflix binges and there have been other days where I go to a park or I do some photography I just walk around and like take pictures of things because that's relaxing and restful to me and um, I think it's been great for me to maybe diversify my rest because if I'm doing the same thing every week maybe that feels a little tedious or hard for me but I would say rest for me is also something that comes to mind when it comes to to self-care I also say that Physical rest is kind of my first thought when I think about self-care, physical rest and rejuvenation. But I think when I start to think about the concept of self-care more um, as a four, I am so intensely emotional and constantly controlled by my emotions and the waves of my whatever emotion I'm feeling at that given moment. And so being able to have emotion regulation and being able to like, and that can look like journaling, that can look like texting somebody or calling somebody, just being able to get it out of my body in some kind of, (laughs) some kind of manifestation. Yeah. In written form and verbal form. Um, or even like that's kind of where physical stuff goes, helps me out too. So if I'm working out or if I go for a run, have some kind of a release for all of the 
emotions inside of me. That's been that's been a huge part of my self care the last several years, especially. So, so those are some some uh, some first hits when I think about mm. that concept. What about y'all? Do y'all have emotions? <laughs> do you do you deal with those? I try not to. <laughs> y'all are so great for not having. Them. I just take everyone else's emotions and make them my own. Ooh, go empathy. Well, here's what some of our yarbers had to say about the concept of self-care. Dean, maybe you can uh, resonate with this person. Um, So he said, a big burden for me is remembering that sometimes good is the enemy of best. I often feel guilt at turning down opportunities to share at my church or other good activities, but I've found that I can't be at my best for my family and my teaching if I'm burdened down by the good. So a big area of self-care is just minimizing and prioritizing that mental to-do list. Yeah, that's huge. One of the things I remember years ago someone reminding me is if you say yes to every good thing, you'll miss out on the best things or the better things. And so understanding that just because something is is good doesn't mean that you should have to do it or that you should feel compelled to do it. It really comes down to weighing it and going, what what ultimately uh, is the best use of my time with the skills and talents that God has given me? And so when opportunities would come along, you know, taking taking a step back and going, okay, God, is this something that you've brought into my plate for me to do? Or is this something that's kind of been brought to my plate to potentially distract me from doing what you want me to do? And trying to use a lot of discernment to figure that out. Because it's easy to say yes to every good thing, but if you do that, you're going to wear yourself out and maybe miss out on something even greater. Yeah, saying no. I love saying no. <laughs> Maybe too much, <laughs> but I say yes to. Okay, here's someone else on the similar on a similar vein. Someone else said this years ago. I took a class that was required for pastors in the denomination in which I serve. I thought I was just jumping through a required hoop, but the Lord had something much more in mind. It turns out I really needed what they were teaching in that class, especially the part where they talked about self care. The leaders of the class wanted to be sure we all understood that pastors can't effectively minister to others when we are emotionally, physically, and spiritually bankrupt. That's not just true for pastors. None of us can live out our lives as God calls us to when we are emotionally, physically, and spiritually bankrupt. It like all goes back to that that whole, um, I hate cliches, but the whole like face mask thing on an mm. airplane. Not a face mask. What is that thing? The oxygen, oxygen mask. mask. Face mask. Face mask is sports. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. it's football playoff ever, season, y'all. Do you ever take a masquerade <laughs> flight? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's masquerade. True, right? <laughs> All these faces on a plane. Masquerade. But yeah, y'all, the oxygen mask. If you're dead, you can't help out little Johnny who needs his oxygen mask. Right? Wow, that got really dark really quickly. Yeah, or little I mean, or little Susie. You kind of have to balance it with like yeah, okay, you're not going to feel 100% every day, mm-hmm. and so you have to sometimes just go and do the thing. But um, but yeah, you're right. Like, you can't... If you're running on fumes, you're not going to be able to help somebody else very much. You're not going to have much to give, much mm-hmm. to invest. And then rounding out this first part, um, I want to connect it actually with our second part. So someone else said um, about self-care, I should work out more. I feel so much better and stronger and just more like my natural self after working out. And I love the way he phrased that more like my natural self, hmm. because we are mm-hmm. a community that talks at large about the concept of masculinity. And so I wanted to tie that a little bit, bridge that comment to kind of the next segment of this conversation, which is essentially how does practicing or not 
good self-care tie into any struggles with sexuality, with masculinity. And for me, I think about that concept right there because my I think personally my bigger struggle has always been masculinity. Sexuality has just kind of been a thing that's been in my life and I've never really like stressed out about it too much compared compared to other people. I've heard stories of people just having all kinds of grip, grapplings with their sexuality. For me, I've just like, oh, I've always been attracted to men. That's just the way it's always been. But for me, I've always struggled to feel as much of a man as other as the other men around me and the other boys around me when I was in school. And a lot of it's centered, at least initially, on the physical component because, you know, I grew up in a culture of athletes in my classes and everyone was bulky and strong and athletic and I was just kind of the skinny little wiry kid. And physic- physicality for me has always been a huge part of self-care and it's done it's been great like over the years when I've worked out in gyms or trained for half marathons or what have you when I have something to work on a goal and I'm actively doing something with my body it's great for my body but as I said earlier like I think it's also great for my emotions and for my mental state to have an outlet for those things so I see that as a huge at least for me personally as a critical component of my self-care and, and my sense of masculinity but I was curious where y'all come from since we are so different in this house does physical stuff mean as much to you or is it more other stuff like how do you tie um self-care to masculinity sexuality your overall just sense of health as a man yeah i mean i resonate with that i think the times when i'm best about physical exercise kind of self-care um are the times when i feel the most kind of like capable and confident in my body and in my physical being So the times when I'm like, when I could run, you know, four to six miles and, you know, and I feel like, oh, I feel, you know, I feel like I'm ready to engage the world, um, more than just, you know, with my, you know, mentally, I'm, I'm ready to engage the world on, on many different levels, I guess. Um, I think like this question really though points me to, um, my, what I struggle with kind of in terms of relationships and emotions in being a single person, um, which of course is kind of the flip side of talking about sexuality here, at least for me. And, um, like one thing, just like my personality based on my personality, I keep, I always want to do is like merge with another person. Like that's a big Enneagram Mm. nine thing. And so sometimes, like, I'll be alone during the day or during an evening and just wishing I could share some experience with someone else and, like, kind of merge merge with them over that experience. Like, kind of, like, enjoy that um, together. And what I've found is a really good discipline of self-care for me is to practice, like... um, what I often do is just like a nice dinner for one. Like I go to the grocery store. I, well, first I sit down and I decide what do I want right now to eat? Like, what do I feel like eating right now? Cause you know, the merging thing would be to ask someone else, Oh, what do you want to do? And then go do whatever they do or want to do. And, you know, and let myself be drawn into that person and their taste or what they want to do. But kind of the anti-merge there is to sit down and say, oh, I want butternut squash ravioli. Okay. (laughs) And Alfredo sauce. Okay. And, you know, and decide, oh, and here's a good um, something to drink along with that. And so I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to cook a nice dinner just for myself. And I'm just going to enjoy it for myself. I'm going to put in the effort just for myself and 
create create a special space just for me to be myself and lean into the things that that I like and want for myself, you know, and and I'll listen to music that doesn't like that I didn't pick up from anyone else that I just discovered on my own that I mm. didn't that don't doesn't like make me think of other people and I think that's been super helpful for me to care for myself in my singleness and my um, and my desire for that relational connection in that kind of merging way um, to kind of lean into yeah this is this is who I am this is what this is what I like and I'm going to be happy and content in that. Very well said. If anyone listening has a nine, a lovely nine in their lives, make sure you ask them all the time. What do you want to do? What do you want to mm-hmm. do? They love that when you ask them what they oh, want to yeah. do. <laughs> That's yeah, like no, a favorite. Nothing more fun than that. <laughs> nothing more fun than t- directing the course of the evening or what, uh, what y'all have planned <laughs> or even just like what restaurant do you want to go to? Yeah. Let them make the decision. Sweet. I'll keep that in mind, Ryan. <laughs> I, for me, it's it's weird because uh, both of you talked about like things that you do f- like physically, uh, you know, for self care regarding regarding sexuality, masculinity, and for me, it's very much the opposite. All of my self care that I did and, and regarding sexuality, masculinity, it was all non physical. It was, uh, it really was just about how can I look at these parts of my life and love and accept them for what they are. Because for for the sexuality, you know, I grew up, you know, thinking, okay, you know, this must be something terrible in my life and I should never have it. I shouldn't go through with it and everything like that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't struggle with this and that sort of thing. And it was years and years of journeying to kind of reach a point where I was like, you know what? No, this, this sexuality, this being attracted to men is not, it's not something I chose, so it's not something I'm going to sit there and, and say I need to get rid of or say I, I, I can't like about myself. I'm very much just going to accept it and love that part of myself. And then for masculinity, the, the, you know, there were the years of wrestling with my gender identity where I hated that I was male and I wanted to be female. And I spent a long time wrestling with that. And that as well, the resolution came... Uh, in a non-physical way of just going, I'm going to love the way I am and do everything I can to focus on caring for myself personally, caring myself mentally. Um, part of part of the reason that I tend to care for other people or try to do things for them is it can distract me from myself. And somehow it's like that creates the meaning and the value that I need. And essentially I had to step back and go, my sexuality and my masculinity, these are things that I'm going to give value to, not because they can do anything for anyone else, but simply because they're part of who I am. And I'm going to love myself and accept that part of myself because it's simply a part of me. And so it very much wasn't a physical thing of I'm going to... Yeah, you know, it, it was. I don't feel most like a man when I work out. I usually feel <laughs> winded when I do anything more than walk a few feet. Uh, so that's not a good thing, and it, it's not really even. Uh, you know, I don't feel extra manly. You know, when I feel like I've been able to be sexual or anyway, it it really comes down to, 
you know, how I'm perceiving myself and how I am loving and embracing every part of my life, which includes my sexuality and my masculinity, recognizing that I'm a child of God. I guess going back to my my brother beat, I'm a child of God, and that's where my value and my meaning is. And so all these parts of my life, I'm going to care for myself by simply acknowledging that these are part of my life and I shouldn't reject parts of my life. Yeah, I think for me, um, going back to where I'm at, so physically for me, like I'm about to, I told Ryan this earlier, Dean, you're the first person, or the other first person I'm telling beyond Ryan is that I'm on a new physical journey by starting CrossFit soon. CrossFit. <laughs> CrossFit. That's what it sounds like when you walk into a gym. <laughs> so, um, which for me, there obviously there's a physical component to CrossFit, but to be honest, the motivation, more of a motivation behind CrossFit is for mental health, mental clarity, emotional health, like I said earlier, to have an outlet for a lot of my emotions and the angst that I often tend to feel. Um, and there's even like a community relational component to that too, because I guess CrossFit is very like, not that everyone's best friends in CrossFit, but you get to see the same people. It's a smaller crowd than a regular regular gym and you're seeing the same people in the smaller class setting. So there is the potential for like relational connection there as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For me, the physical component has always been a great starting point, I think, for a sense of masculinity. It's definitely not the be-all, end-all. Because um, when I can now, when I work out over the years and when I've run and gotten in good shape, like it's been really helpful now to be able to like look in a mirror and to see a man, like to see a man that I'm not ashamed of physically or to be like, like oh, like I wish... I wasn't as lazy or I wish I, I wish I had some muscle definition or, you know, something not like super model status, but just like something to, to be good prideful about if you know what I mean. Um, and so that's been a helpful starting point to be able to like look in a physical mirror and to see a physical man. Um, and then I realized though that the work doesn't end there. Like then it requires digging into emotions and digging into mental health and certainly spiritual health as well. Um, going back to that concept that you've echoed multiple times, Dean, that we're all children of God, we're all sons of God and we're all brothers. And so to be able to like actually believe that truth and have other brothers in my life affirm that of me, like that's been a really great part of my journey and masculinity as well as having brothers like look, literally look me in the eye and tell me that that I am a man, that I'm a, a real man for being vulnerable and for sharing my story and for, for having courage in all these different areas. So, so that's the other component for me, but physical stuff has always been a good starting. I feel like starting an, into a good physical regimen has all, oftentimes helped me like translate all those other areas too. Something that one of the yobbers asked, I guess I was going to save this for the end, but this could actually be a good time to break in with this now is the concept or the question of like, what is the line between self care and selfish self care and selfish? Mm. Because Dean, if you're not helping people out one day a week, aren't you being selfish? <laughs> so just Can I guilt record, trip you there? The way you, yeah. Because of the nuts way you enunciated, I thought you were like selling, like selling fish, self like selfish. <laughs> shell Sorry. care and shellfish. <laughs> <laughs> The jokes just keep on coming. They do keep on coming. <clears throat> but it's a great question because there is, an, there is another side conversation in the group that like self-care is selfish. If we're, not po if we're not like focusing on God first and foremost, then anything we do is selfish or whatever, mm. which I, that's a bit of an extreme view. I don't personally agree with that. But 
Um, but I'm curious, there is a line between self-care and selfish, and I've had to navigate this in recent times, but I'm curious what y'all's immediate thoughts are. I heard a really good distinction, not this exact distinction made around self-care, but a good helpful one, which was that like true self-care is for building resilience. Like it's not, it's not just relaxing. It's not just, you know, like taking a, a, you know, a bubble bath and painting your toenails. Like if that's what builds resilience for you, then, um, then do that. But like, it's about building resilience. It's about preparing to face whatever, whatever challenging things comes next. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's, I, I don't think that's selfish. You know, I think that there's, um, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And there's certainly a bad selfish way to do kind of like non self care, um, where you're sort of missing the point. But I think the, the like real self care, the heart behind it is, um, is equipping yourself for, uh, for whatever comes next in life. Yeah. I think I would, I, uh, that's kind of where my mind was going. Cause I was thinking, you know, the difference between self care and selfish in my mind is self care. The purpose is to give me energy so I can get, so I can continue on. It's kind of like uh, stopping at a gas station to get gas in my car. You know, my car's only going to go so far without gas in it. Uh, so if I want to keep going further, I have to stop, fill it back up, and keep going. Whereas selfish, it might be just something that doesn't allow me to do that, or it's over what I already have what I need, and it's just dumping more on top of it, so it doesn't actually serve any purpose. It just spills out and doesn't get used. Uh kind of like the car's already full of gas and I'm trying to shove five more gallons of gas in the car. It's not going to go in there. It's just going to spill out and then I've wasted it. And so things that give me energy to keep serving would be self-care. Things that simply are wasteful, that would be more selfish because at that point I don't necessarily need to worry about that. That could be time spent doing other things or it could be something that someone else needs. Maybe it's something that... <laughs> Me as an Enneagram, too. Maybe it's something I should do for someone else, or someone else needs this kind of self-care, and I can do it for them. Yeah, so. But yeah, I, th I think that's where... You can definitely push it to being selfish, but I think that we've sometimes pushed so much of a... Uh, so much of a mindset that anything you do for yourself is automatically prideful, that we've gotten into... Um, uh, trying to think of the another way to say it basically we're not caring for ourselves at all and so the extreme lack of self-care uh is basically a form of just self-hate you know we can't care about ourselves at all so we despise ourselves and we neglect ourselves and we do what we can to not you know, care care about anything or show that we even might care because we don't want to appear selfish do you think it's easier or difficult I'm thinking about like introverts and extroverts in the realms of self-care. Like, do you think there's a distinction between like one, it's easier for one, quote unquote, easier for one and versus the other? Because I'm trying to think for myself, like I have no shortage of alone time. Like I will have my alone time mm -hmm. guaranteed throughout any given week. So for me, a lot of times, honestly, for me, practicing self-care, because it's not too hard for me to be alone, but practicing self-care is reaching out to people and working on mm -hmm. that R piece. Because mm -hmm. I think the R piece in sperm, <laughs> the relational piece, like that's really hard for me to stay consistently connected to people. 
especially the way my life is oriented. I know, and I'm like good friends and connected with so many people in so many different places. So a lot of times it involves a lot of texting, a lot of phone calls or Skype calls. And a lot of my community and connections at this point in time isn't as much concentrated as it is spread around, at least geographically. So um, that's definitely the hardest one for me out of all of them. Cause it's like, I'm going to have time to read if I need it. I'm going to have time to write if I need it. I'm going to have time to work out if I need it. I'm going to have plenty of alone time. I set my own schedule on any given week. Um, so it's the art piece and connecting with other people that I always have wrestled with. Cause I often feel like as a man tying this back to masculinity, I feel like I have nothing. This is very dramatic and for for but that's just the way it is. I feel like I have nothing to offer somebody. I feel like, especially another man, I'm like, what do I have by reaching out to you or being in your presence? Like, what am I possibly gifting you or giving you? Um, and I have to get over that anxiety knowing that that, yeah, if my worth comes from God, like, first of all, there's worth there, you know, if nothing else. But but I also know over the years, plenty of people have verbally told me. And that's why words of affirmation are such a huge, it's one of my biggest love languages, if not my biggest, because when people actually affirm the opposite of oftentimes what I feel, like, that's a huge step forward for me. And that's self-care, honestly. It kind of sounds weird to, like, but that's relational health. I think if you're in good relational health, it's a two-way street. Like, you're blessing other people, and then other people are blessing you. Dean, is it easier for introverts or extroverts? You're an extrovert. <laughs> I am an extrovert. I don't know, honestly. I wonder... See, I as an extrovert, I sometimes think it might be easier for introverts because with extroverts, um, self-care can look like talking to people, but it can also look like getting time away. And I feel like as extroverts, sometimes we don't think about that. Or we, we automatically go, well, I should like being around people, so we force ourselves to keep being around people when what we need is some time away or some time to relax. And so I don't, honestly don't know. I, th I think it might depend more on your circumstances, not necessarily your personality. Because, uh, so like, my wife is an introvert, major introvert. Um, but she works uh, as a chaplain, so she spends her days talking with people, and then we have a child... And so when she gets home, you know, we have a child to care for. And then finally at the end of the day, like, we have time alone to talk. But she's trying to figure out, okay, I want to talk to my husband, but I also want to spend some time alone to rest. And then getting a day off when you have a kid is not easy because she wants to spend time with her child. She wants to spend time with me, but she also needs to get alone. And so I feel like her circumstances, because of how much is going on, it's harder for her. Um, and so for her getting self proper self-care in is very difficult just because of the amount of time. And the same thing for me as an extrovert, it's still difficult for me to make sure I get that time off because there's a child and there's, there's a, my wife and then there's a busy schedule. And so I don't, I feel like maybe it more is more dependent upon your circumstances than your personality per se. What does the Enneagram nine think? Will he merge with you or will he merge with me? <laughs> so much, so much tension. <laughs> <laughs> Two tenths. Two tenths. No, I think I. I mean, people ask me if I'm introverted or extroverted, and that's that's kind of a tough call. I had a friend tell me once that I'm selectively extroverted, where like there's mm. there's there's a handful. Select extrovert. Yeah, select extroverted. Uh, there's a there's a handful of people who like kind of give me energy and who I need to connect with regularly and to kind of uh, keep going, I guess. But then. But then apart from that, I'm pretty introverted and I do need a good amount of alone time. And I, 
need and and like interacting with people outside of that list of you know selected uh energy givers <laughs> mm. um like interacting with people outside of that costs me something and so i think for me like the self-care sometimes looks like feeling okay saying no to the people who i know are it's just gonna i don't have what it takes to spend time with them right now but then also sometimes self-care looks like reaching out to the people who I who I need to connect with because because they're going to make me more stable and make me stronger and um, and give me what I need to face the next day or the next month or whatever. To wind this conversation down, this was a great question. And I feel like we have to talk about it. Um, someone said, someone's prefaced it. I love people who preface the questions. So he prefaced it by saying your acronym constitutes five areas, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and relationally, mentally. But I was also wondering, is there such a thing as self care sexually? So if we made the sperm count sperms, Hmm. (laughs) sperms count, um, what does that look like? What is sexually good sexual health? I'm trying to say it good sexual self care look like and then he was really funny because then he did besides of course and then he did the emojis with the Uh-oh. circle like the A-OK symbol with your making a circle with your fingers and then the eggplant emoji <laughs> <laughs> so besides that of course um, okay. y'all can figure out what that means kids you can google google that um, um, that, I thought that was a great question. Kids yeah. don't Google that. Kids do not Google that. We have sixteen. We have, we have sixteen year olds listening, as evidenced by our iTunes review. We today. know you've Googled it, but don't Google it. <laughs> they already know. These kids know these things. When yeah, they're five they years invented old the yeah. eggplant. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was for a single que- for a single person. So it's different, actually, for Dean in some ways because he's married. Yeah. So there's a different sexual dynamic there. But I for think single people as well, we can address that too. One of my favorite. Um, definitions i guess of sexuality or ways to think about sexuality is um just like all the different ways we connect with people deeply and intimately uh to bring forth new life and so like in Mm. some situations like in the context of um like marriage and sexual intercourse you know that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about sexuality but i think like our sexuality is much more broad than that and I, um, you know, and I, I connect with you, Tom, as a sexual being and my, uh, my sexuality plays into that and my connection with you happens, um, kind of like through that in a way. And so when I think of sexual self care, I guess I also think of like, how can I be caring for myself? I guess I would say making sure that I'm pursuing that kind of intimacy with other people being like on this on this journey of deciding not to um, pursue sex or marriage with another man, you know, I, I don't think that also means my sexuality should or, or would be good to just like shrivel, shrivel away, like, you know, kind of like shrivel up and mm. die. I think that's, um, you know, I think that's a false kind of this false binary for me, sexual self-care would look like making sure that I'm connecting with people in a in an intimate way, but also a healthy way. Um, and, you know, we could do probably several other podcast episodes about what that means. 
Um, yeah. I want to do an intimacy podcast. Ooh, yeah. I've always wanted to do we that. You can get really, really close to the microphone. <laughs> right. Um, intimacy. Right. But also, like, and, and part of the definition that I said earlier was, like, um, this is intimacy that brings forth new life. And so, also, am I caring for myself and my sexuality in a way that is enabling me to bring new life into the world? And that, you know, isn't going to mean for me, like, actually birthing a child or causing someone else to birth a child. But, you know, there are other ways that I invest into my community and I invest in the next generation and I, um, you know, create, create new things in the space around me. So, yeah, I, it's interesting because I even had the thought uh, early when I was recounting the sperm count, I was like, okay, it wasn't a plural, right? It was just sperm. And I was like, yeah, we didn't actually. So I, I don't know. Maybe in part of my memory was like, yeah, we had we had the S already, the second S. Um, it would, you know, sexually, I guess. I mean, a lot of what Ryan said, I can't really say anything better. I mean, it's it's about connection, it's about intimacy. I think he's speaking as a being married. You know, it's making sure that. Um, well, for one, a lot of people think of a misconception that oh, you're married, so sexually it shouldn't be an issue. Well, no, because there's sex is complicated, and you're not just guaranteed sex whenever you want to because you're married. It's a relationship, and sex is just one part of that, and it's there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, and so I think another aspect of it is making sure that you don't set yourself up for an expectation of something, like trying to hold something in because you think something might, better might be coming, um, and basically not setting yourself up for failure. And so uh, for a guy who is married, it's making sure that you don't just expect sex whenever you want it, but that you truthfully understand it's a relationship, it's going to be fluid, it's going to be in flux, and there's another person involved, and so it's not just about you gratifying yourself, but it's about a con- connection being made uh, very intimately in marriage. Uh, for a guy who's not married, it's understanding that there may or may not be a time when you will get to uh, intimately know someone in that way. And if that's the case, then it's understanding you can't necessarily set yourself up for, okay, one day I'll be okay with all this, but it really is... I'm going to care for myself now by not creating an expectation to get something that I may not get someday. Um, whatever that looks like, whatever your beliefs are, whatever your attractions are. So, yeah, I guess in my mind, it's, it's it, like Ryan said, it's about connection and it's about not setting yourself up to get something that you may not get. Wise words from our resident marriage expert, Dean Samuels. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. I'm the... You're welcome, but I'm also the only one married, so... Master of sexual health right there. <laughs> um, a resident sex guru. <laughs> sex guru. <laughs> Put that in your job bio. Yeah. I really don't think that goes to me, if I'm being honest. We can update, <laughs> we can update your bio. Um, when I think of sexual health, this is really great, because, yeah, I uh, have been pondering throughout this conversation and all day, like, what is sexual health? For me personally, because that's going to look different, I think, for a lot of different people. Um, I know for me, like my my outlet for sexual feelings and desires has always been masturbation. We joked about it at the start of this question, but masturbation for me has always been 
the outlet for what I'm feeling physically, for what I'm feeling emotionally, for what I'm feeling sexually. And it was never so much like I dabbled in porn. I'm not saying I'm like Mr. Perfect. Like I never looked. Oh yeah, I did. I looked at porn and, and I've been tempted by other things along the way, but, but masturbation has always been this like faithful expression and outlet for, for sexual desire and sexual frustration. Um, but what I've realized over the years, especially the more involved I've become with this community, this particular community, but even other men as well. Like when I have been in situations where I've been in good connection with men and whether that happens at these multiple retreats that we've shared together, even us personally, and then other things like conferences or, or just weekends with people, with other men. Um, it's something I don't realize necessarily at the time, but I realized after the fact, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about masturbation that whole time. Like I was feeling a level of connection and fulfillment that essentially what I'm trying to get out of my system is, is that's what I'm feeling, I guess, when I realize that, when I, when I do masturbate, when, when I use that as an outlet. I've realized over the years that for me personally, and it's different for everybody, but for me, when I'm in good connection, solid connection with other men, that that kind of satisfies a lot of these sexual yearnings. Not all of them, but for by and large, like, yeah, there's a lot of, of good, like, fulfilling connection that happens um, with other men. And that's something that I definitely want to pursue more of certainly this year, but the rest of my life, like that's something I want to constantly be returning to. Like, am I in good connection with other men? Because for me, that's been a huge game changer in especially the last five years. That's been, that's been really pivotal to my, to my sexual health, I would say. Several years ago, as a mid-20-something guy, I was in the greatest health of my life in all the areas. I'd run a half marathon and, and joined a gym, took personal training, and, and wrote a book and was consistent writing blogs and reading and had a healthy church and a group and a healthy home life. I had friends. I looked good. I, I felt good. I felt even better because of the long road getting to that point where all those different areas could align. And I remember feeling for those three, four, five months of my life, like this was it. I arrived, I figured out the secret to health and happy living. And then the fallout. My church falling apart, my group disbanding, my home life growing more and more unsettled. And I had to face the question, is God still good? Can I still be healthy? when things out of my control simply fall apart and rot? How do you build back health in all those areas at the same time with as much effectiveness all over again? In Matthew 11, Jesus is speaking to his followers and speaking to them with a plainness, a bluntness, and a sincerity that he wants his followers, his people who go by his name to find true rest and true health in him and in his Father above. The message translation of Matthew 11, 28 to 30 reads as follows. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. 
learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And so, my brothers, from whatever spectrum of health you sit or stand or crawl or otherwise land, whether you're strong and upright at the moment or at the bottom of this long barrel, may we find our rest and root our rejuvenation in Christ. Let us turn to him again and again all year long in our highs and lows of health, our bodies, minds, and souls always oriented his way. His strength when we're wearied, his rest when we're weak, his life in our lives, trusting in his care for us. Well, it's been awesome talking about self-care. I think it's helped me care about myself more talking about self-care which is caring about you what you need yourselves. you need to care about it's yourself what i need way more i know i i yeah well tomorrow is my tomorrow is my day off it's my day okay. of rest so what are you gonna do tomorrow i actually what do you do uh, you're gonna watch gonna supernatural my, right <laughs> i i should i i should i haven't next week starts the new episode anyway uh <laughs> no i'm gonna i'm gonna go do some fun things i'm gonna hang out with my daughter i'm gonna go to the mall i'm gonna Hang out at a coffee shop and ooh, I'll join yeah, you. Gonna do some things. Uh, you should. You should <laughs> join. You just me. said the magic Get. words, coffee shop. That's how I, mean, I rest. If you leave now. If you leave now, Tom, you'll be able to make it. Here. Okay, so I'm gonna head over to see Dean right after I say goodbye to Ryan, and well, then we'll go. I regret talking about self care because I spilled the beans to everyone that self care for me looks like actually doing things and getting stuff done, and that mm. means not actually have to go and do work. So. Yes. Let's all hold account each other accountable this new year mm. for Dean to care for himself and for Ryan to do stuff. I can't wait. <laughs> Are we adding that to sperm? Is this like the, the sperm? 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 We'll just keep adding letters to it. It's like the LGBTQIA community. Yeah. We'll keep adding letters to sperm. Plus. Sperm. <laughs> sperm plus. Sperm plus. Sperm plus. <laughs> Our sperm plus count. I want to hear from you guys. Tell us your sperm plus count. Um, talk about our self-care episode. You can go to yourbrothers.com slash podcast, find our episode 45 episode on self-care. And yeah, tell us what self-care means to you, how you practice self-care, what comes naturally, what comes harder, and this realm of like sexual self-care, sexual health. I want to hear some stories about that too. So I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, it's always great to, to hear y'all's stories. And as we've mentioned multiple times in this episode, we have another podcast called The Yabalog, and it is a bonus podcast that follows up every single Yabcast, and it's only available to our Patreon supporters. So you can go to patreon.com slash your other bros for all the information, but we're going to have, I can just say right now, we're going to have plenty of bonus content from this episode that y'all don't want to miss. So Today's make sure you subscribe. Today's stuff was amazing. <laughs> so definitely go. This is going to be, I, I just have a feeling this could be the best Yabalog yet with all the bloopers and bonus content that we could not fit into this episode. So if you're interested, if you're curious, check out our Patreon and join join the Yabbers. The Yabbers is such a great experience. Really, you haven't lived until you've become a yabber my dear sweet parents are not Patreon supporters. <laughs> yeah, so. shout out to Ryan's parents. 
Hi, mom. (laughs) Oh, hi, Ryan's parents. I love you. That's amazing. Yeah. So we love our yabbers, young and old, teenagers, and Ryan's parents' age, whatever age that is. (laughs) Just a little over teenager. (laughs) A little over teenager. They're not that far gone. Um, We love all of our yabbers. Thanks for supporting this effort and all that we do. Um, Thanks also to our sponsor, Facial Moisturizer. Keeping our skin soft, especially in the harsh winter months, this is the time to invest. And thanks Mm. for Facial Moisturizer for investing in our show. I just had a lot of trouble saying all those words. A lot of of tough syllables there. But but yeah, it's been a great episode for self-care. Thanks, Dean, for being here. Yeah, thank you. It was was awesome. I love being part of this. We'll try to bring you back more than every six months. (laughs) (laughs) That would be... Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that. it's sooner and who knows, maybe, but at the same time, it, maybe we'll go back in the closet with you sometime. I do miss those days. I, I do miss being in tight, confined closet spaces with you, Tom. Those are good times. Those are good memories. Yeah. Thank you, Dean. And thanks, Ryan, as well. This has been a great episode. Y'all stay tuned for the Yabalog and for more Your Other Brother's Goodness this month. In December, we kind of took a little bit of a break in a lot of ways, but I feel like we're hitting the new year strong. A lot of cool, awesome blogs coming. And um, yeah, just a lot of good stuff coming down the down the horizon. So it's going to be a great year, y'all. Let's have a great year together. Mm. For all your other brothers, this is Tom. This is Ryan. This is Dean. Hugs and kisses. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds out. Bye. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Navigate more with us at yourotherbrothers.com and comment on this episode at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Subscribe to our show to never miss an episode. And if you enjoy what we do, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Brothers. If you'd like to further support our storytelling effort, consider becoming a yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly and receive perks like calls with authors and other supporters, access to a secret Facebook group, and additional podcast content. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Don't miss our monthly bonus podcast on Patreon, The Yabalog, featuring responses to previous podcasts, content not featured in public episodes, calls from listeners, and more. Ask us a question or tell us a story by leaving us a message at 706-389-8009. If you're new to the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com. You can also write us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.